Well, it has been quite a morning trying to go live. We think we've got the internet's problems solved for now. For those of you that are new to the Monday morning broadcast, welcome. This one is part two, and you really need to hear last week's, which was rather long, and I apologize for that, but it needed to have some context built up. Thank you so much for all the Catholics, the Protestants, and a few unbelievers who wrote in, all of them very respectful. They seemed to appreciate the way they were treated during that broadcast as well. And uh, that means a lot to me because what we do here, we don't plan to be abrasive to anybody. We just want to move the conversation forward and perhaps explain why we are where we are. When I was a boy and I was raised and spent most of my life in a group called the Church of Christ. And we were on the far more conservative side of the Church of Christ, but not so far as to be called aunties. And only Church of Christ people know what that's all, that's all about. But I always, in every church, there would be a, a set of brochures. Those are called tracts off to the side somewhere in the foyer. And there would be certain, you know, why I'm a member of the Church of Christ or uh, should Christians dance? I mean, any of that sort of thing. One of the prominent ones, which was very, very popular almost anywhere you went, was neither Catholic, Protestant, nor Jew. Well, I want to talk about that. In the Christian world, one is generally a Catholic or a Protestant or an independent or one of those groups which the Christian people say they don't think are Christian, but which the groups say, yes, we are, such as Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, and there are some others. It's really according to who, who you like as to who talks to you and calls you whatever. And that's unfortunate, but it's very true. In the Jewish world, there are also, and it may surprise you to know this, quite a few denominations. There are Reform, there's Orthodox, and some call it one group, Ultra-Orthodox. There are the Conservative Jews. There are different forms of being a religious Jew. You'll have to go back and listen to last week to get some context, but here are some ground rules. One, this is not a debating society. If you are angry and you want to make a point, I believe that you should be able to do so. Just start a YouTube channel and go, or Vimeo, like we have both, uh, and, and set it up and, and do your own thing there. But we won't allow you to attack me, our Safe Harbor Church, or any of our listeners or any of our commenters. Everything must be done in, in love. I am saturated with love, or it doesn't work, and it won't be allowed here. Second, description of reality is not an attack. Just because I describe something, that doesn't mean that it's evil, wrong, or that I'm being demeaning. We're just merely speaking. And of course, if it get out of hand, call me on it. But description of reality is not an attack. Also, that leads right into rule three. If I don't like something, that doesn't mean that it's wrong or that it's of no value. By the way, if you're wondering about the backdrop, this is another part of our soundstage where we hold worship every Sunday. And now that more people are able to come due to the, the lowering of COVID restrictions, we'd love to have you come. And this particular section is reminiscent of the Bluebird Cafe. Uh, and so it's a great place to sit and talk and hang out and yeah, have a snack if, if that's what we're doing. All right, here's the thing. My, my saying that I don't like something doesn't mean it's awful. Uh, such as, I don't, I don't care for NASCAR. 
I don't care for cheesecake. I don't like opera. I don't like jazz. Now, I don't think any of those things should be banned. I don't think any of those things are stupid. I don't think any of those things are easy. I think all of them, well, the, I, even the cheesecake, is probably really complicated and it takes a lot of know-how to do it well. It's just that I, I don't like it. So if I say something that uh, I, maybe I'm looking at a Catholic or I'm looking at a Protestant church and I'm going, I don't, I, I can't really go there. It's not an attack on those who can, all right? God did not cookie cutter make us. He made us as individuals. And so I'm speaking as an individual who loves Jesus with all my heart. And that's all I really want to talk about. But we have some things to talk about. In that uh, very long Monday morning message, I described how Catholics view the Bible. It's a very important part of their tradition, but it's not the center of their tradition or the end of it, for they believe it brings us to the church, and the church from then on is the living embodiment of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit on earth. And so the Bible brings us to the, the, the church. And so, Protestants, if you read where Jesus said, well, um, you know, call no man your father on the earth and you show that to a catholic and go gotcha gotcha it's not going to register it's not going to mean a thing because the scripture brings them to the church and then the church continues on with the growth and the change that god wants on earth once you understand that it, it explains why a lot of protestant arguments against catholics don't hold water and by the way a lot of catholic arguments against the protestants don't hold water but a lot on both sides do. All of us are full of faults, and so are our systems. In fact, Catholics will say the wisdom of God is unfolding in their church, but since it has a lot of human beings in it, that's the nature of churches, that uh, there will be many imperfect people doing many imperfect things, and over time, they correct. And so if you show them, uh, how one of the Pope Bonifaces misused women and said having sex with a woman and throwing her away is not, uh, no more conscious, uh, no more meaning than dumping a dirty rag in a trash. And he was Pope. And you're going, look at that. Yeah, yeah, that's history. They get it. But that's what happens when people are in a church. And that can be very frustrating to Protestants because they think they got a kill argument on all of this. Protestants tend to look upon the Bible as very, very authoritative, but wow, are there lots of differences. If you were to go to the United Church of Christ, for example, which has zero relationship to the American Restoration Stone Campbell Movement uh, Church of Christ, which you are probably very familiar with if you live in the American South or up through the Midwest. Uh, the independent Christian churches were also from that same branch. But the United Church of Christ, totally different, is generally looked upon as the most liberal of the Protestant groups. Uh, the Disciples of Christ have been talking for years about finding a way to unite with them. Um, they will look upon the Bible more as a really interesting set of stories, but not authoritative. Uh, and again, there are some Disciples of Christ that look upon the Bible as very authoritative, but the mainstream leaders have leaned over toward the, and it's not authoritative. It brings us now to our personal journey and what that looks like is up to us. You can go all the way 
to um, the other side in Protestantism, very easy. Evangelicals and the like believe the Bible is true, it is inspired, and it is very authoritative. And therefore, they go back to the Bible for their doctrine and back to the Bible for their guidance in everyday life. And uh, there's a whole lot commendable about that. The varying degrees of authority of Scripture, I mean, an Episcopalian, uh, well, even an Episcopalian versus an, an Anglican, most people think they're the same thing, and they really aren't. Anglicans are more conservative. They had more issues with some of the more modern tendencies. Then you have the United Methodist Church, and then you have different groups of Lutherans. And then you go over here and you have the Southern Baptist and the like, and Churches of Christ, and Pentecostals and the like, and they, they view the Bible so highly that it almost becomes an avatar. Uh, you know, the Bible, you know, this is the word of God, which they can say, but they, the, the Bible talks about these things. And you know, this is where we go to, and it's not Bibleolatry, but sometimes to the outsider, that's what it looks like. To the insider, they're just trying to do what God wants them to do, and here's a book that God wrote. So they go there. Um, independent churches are all over the place. So why do I say that I'm neither a Catholic, a Protestant, nor a Jew? And by the way, I, I'm, while I'm cribbing the title of that track, I don't remember anything in that track. So this is on me, and don't think if you see that track in a Church of Christ brochure place anytime soon. Uh, we call it a track rack, very um, alliterative almost. Uh, we, um, I, don't, I don't want you to fall, uh, fall upon the author, because you know, that was not my intention. First of all, I'm not a Jew. I have no Jewish blood in my lineage. Uh, I wouldn't mind if I did. I wouldn't mind if I was 100% Jewish physiologically, you know, biologically in my DNA. But, so I'm not a biological Jew, so I'm not a Jew, but I'm also not a religious Jew because I have accepted that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And religious Jews of all those different denominations, that's, that's a no-no. And so I'm gonna set that aside for now. We can talk about Jews later. And by the way, every human being, Catholic, Protestant, Jew, Mormon, Jehovah's Witnesses, believer, non-believer, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever they are, deserve our respect and to be treated with dignity and love in all things and in all ways, in every place, period. So when I speak of differences between us, I only speak of differences not of differences of value, because I believe we are all equally valued by God. I'm not a Catholic. I have read some amazing books written by Catholics that are just almost, you need these books in your life. And I have heroes in the Catholic Church, I mean, John Paul II, to, uh, to some extent, Pope Francis, but you know, think of Mother Teresa, think uh, St. Francis, uh, Francis of Assisi, and, you, you got to look up to these people for a lot of the things that they said and did. And a lot of things that they said and did were all cloaked with Christ. And to deny that would be to deny reality. Let's look at the good stuff about the Catholic Church. I, I think you have to agree that they truly believe that they are the presence of Christ on earth. So all of their buildings and all of their rituals point to Christ. If you enter a Catholic church, and the Orthodox church does this as well, but in a different way. We're not dealing with the Eastern Orthodox church 
in this discussion. I'd have to bone up a lot more to, to actually be honest and worthwhile listening to about the Orthodox Church, all right? That's a confession. This is the Roman Catholic Church. You enter their church and you have the, the minor saints and the minor windows and the minor things building up until you finally get to the front of it and it's supposed to be a preview of heaven. The, the, the windows reaching up, there are three for the Trinity and you will see the greatest saints and, and Mary, they'll be up there close by, hovering by. And the idea is they create their churches to be heaven. You walk in and you look up and you see heaven. Now, if you're wondering where they get that idea, I'm not really sure, but I really think a reading of Revelation, the descriptions of heaven are just full of jewels, full of the finest things and shiny things. And so maybe there, but there is value in walking into a place and believing you are entering the ante room of God. I think there's some great value there. They have a very stable doctrinal base and you have to hand that to them with many protections in place so that they don't do real rapid shifts in theology or sometimes no shifts in theology at all. And they have a, a, a group in place called the Curia, C-U-R-I-A, that is, um, and this, sound, this is gonna sound negative, it's kind of like the, the pure, uh, permanent bureaucracy or what some people call the deep state in America and in Breton, where this group makes sure that no matter what happens, and you know, the, the priest and the, the cardinals and the bishops can kind of come at them and say, we want this, if that'll affect the Catholic Church in a negative way, or to be more honest, if they believe it will hurt the cause of Christ, because the cause of Christ and the Catholic Church are the same thing to them. They will slow it down and they will shove it to the side. And, and it's, it's a permanent protective device on the split second changes of doctrines that we can often see in other churches. Uh, they have done, let's give them to their credit, they have done and continue to do a ton of charitable works all over the world. And being a united church under a united system has its problems and a lot of them, but it does mean that the chain up and back of information and money, money flowing in, money flowing out, helps them to be very effective and charitable work. But I'm not a Catholic. Why? There's, there's too much extra for me. There are layers of people between the believer and their Lord. Some people thrive on ritual and I respect that. I really do, that's why we have funerals, not for the dead person. For those who live, they need a ritual, a closing. I'm not one of the people that needs ritual. Uh, I'm uncomfortable with some of the doctrines and what I see. You know, my, my Jesus said that he didn't even have a place to lay down to call his own. He was poor, he lived among the poor, he cared for the poor, and he died poor without a single possession because he even took the clothes on his back off of him. And then when transfer over to the Vatican and you will see the Pope elevate the host and the Vatican, he lives in a palace of 10,000 rooms, bejeweled, marble, courts, all of the things. He is covered with jewels and the finest of fabrics and everything around. Now, I understand why it's done. 
So please, uh, please understand, I am not criticizing the Pope or the Vatican. I understand that they do that so that people see him and think of Christ in heaven. And that is the point. But some of us are uncomfortable to the point we don't get the point. It does not move us. The doctrine of the perpetual virginity of Mary gives me a lot of issues. Um, papal infallibility, which was not, uh, if you don't know what, the, the Pope's supposed to be infallible if he speaks ex cathedra, from the throne or for the church, right? That doctrine wasn't even in place until the 1800s. The perpetual vir uh, virginity of Mary was not a doctrine for many hundreds of years. And all of this new stuff to me is just more and more layers between me and God. The adoration of saints, I do have an issue with that. Uh, by the way, they don't worship the saints, Protestants, stop that. They don't worship Mary either. It's an adoration and there is a huge difference. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't pray to saints and I don't see the value of that uh, with the transfiguration. We'll talk more about that next week, okay? Uh, confession and absolution, those things concern me. And it all adds up to Jesus and. And anytime I run into Jesus and, I get a little nervous. I mean, that happened all my life in the Church of Christ. It was Jesus and perfect worship, Jesus and perfect behavior. Um, I really think we need a Savior because we're not good at any of the ands. We need Jesus. But none of what I'm saying here should be, say, should be taken as saying that I believe the Catholics are not Christians or that they are not saved. I believe they are Christians. I believe that they are saved, period. And while that will infuriate some of my friends, it's okay, because God's gonna save them too. I believe in the grace of God. We'll do more and more of this in the next couple of Monday morning messages, all right? I believe anyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ and follows them to the, the best of their ability, and when they fail, they acknowledge and they keep following him, then who am I to judge my brother or sister? And the answer is, I'm not qualified to do either, all right? I'm thrilled to be in the family of God with Catholics. I'm thrilled for the good that they do. I love the beauty that they bring into worship and into, into life. I, I, I love that. But I'm not a Catholic, and I hope you can respect that decision. So, am I a Protestant? Oh, no. No, I'm not one of those either. Why? Well, let's wait till next Monday morning. Hope you've enjoyed your visit to the Bluebird Cafe. If you are anywhere, and it's our version of it, there is a Bluebird Cafe. Guys, we're not trying to take your guys. It's great food, go there, great music. I hope you've enjoyed this little peek at our soundstage, and I hope you've enjoyed this. Well, God bless you, and I'm looking forward to next Monday already. Bye. Good Monday morning. Oh, excuse the hair. I was out in the slingshot today doing what all of us are doing, and that is keeping our tanks filled up because you just never know, do you, anymore. Um, so excuse the hair, but sure it's my fault. All right. I'm going to talk about a really heavy subject today.